Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. We are not good. What? We are not good, Chef. Nope. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Put it in the corner! Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, h- how you doing? Um, Coach Dicker versus the Hurricane, who would win? Dicker, Dicker. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Dicker. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in a special Tuesday episode as we bring in Dane Brugler right off the top live on YouTube. That game the other day was just too good with Tyson Bajan. Everyone's catching up on this guy. He's been on the roster since uh, the draft, but when they signed him as an undrafted free agent. But now everybody's excited. There's, uh, as happens here a lot, Dane, in Chicago, I'm sure you're aware, but uh, people get excited about second and third string quarterbacks this time of year. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Uh, but hey, Tyson Bajan is a, he's a fun story. He, he's a really talented player. I was surprised he went undrafted. Uh, yeah, that we, we saw more quarterbacks drafted this past year. It was like what, 14. than we had the previous five or six years. Uh, and Beach wasn't one of them. And that was really, really surprising, but you know what? He got his chance and, uh, he's, he's more than taken advantage of it so far. What was he maybe missing then compared to some of those others that got drafted in when, when he didn't, I, I, we've been watching him since the start of camp and he's gotten better and better and better while PJ Walker has gotten worse and worse and worse. So like what was he missing? And then what do you think maybe everybody kind of missed on him about? Well, if, if you want to see Stetson Bennett go up against uh, you know, the best in college football, you can do that, you know, throw on his tape in the sec title game or against Ohio state. Or, you know, if you want to watch uh, Aiden O'Connell, who's had a nice preseason for the Raiders, watch him against uh, you know, the best that the big 10 has to offer. You can do that. With Tyson Bajant, a Division II quarterback uh, who, you know, there's not a track record of uh, really non-Division I quarterbacks really hitting. And Bajant doesn't have that tape against these top-level defenses at the college level. But in his defense, he did go to the Senior Bowl, and I thought he did a really nice job there. And this is a guy that FBS teams wanted. Uh, After his junior season, so after that 2021 season – he won the Harlan Hill Trophy, which is kind of the Division II version of the Heisman. And he had uh, he, he entered the transfer portal, and Northwestern wanted him. Maryland wanted him. West Virginia wanted him. All these schools offered him. Uh, at the end of the day, he decided to go back to Shepard, uh, which, you know, it, it's his hometown. He grew up around that campus. Both of his parents went to uh, Shepard. And the biggest reason was just to graduate. Uh, you know, when you transfer – a lot of your credits don't transfer. And so it would have taken another year, two years for him to graduate. Meanwhile, he stays at Shepard, is able to graduate there. So uh, 
staying at Shepard was a decision I don't, I don't think he regrets, but I think it does play a factor in maybe why he did not get drafted. Uh, but again, all you need is your chance. He's gotten it here in Chicago, and uh, he's been able to show his talent. Yeah, he uh, mentioned after the game the other day about how this has been the longest he's ever been away from home. <laughs> Just yeah. He's like, I haven't seen my mom in three weeks. It's like the longest it's ever been. Um, so... The, look, the Bears practiced against the Colts last week, and I thought it was just like a fascinating. You, you would have you would have enjoyed being there because just to see the contrast of like Anthony Richardson, who no question has the most raw talent. Uh, well, I mean Fields does too, but definitely compared to Bajent. What I'm getting at is Richardson. You could just tell he's so raw. It just it looks shaky, um, but wow, he's a giant and he can definitely move and all that stuff. And then you have this undrafted rookie who ends up playing in the game. And I thought Richardson should have played, by the way, Saturday. I just think he needs the reps. We're talking about a guy that had, what, 300-something career passes in college versus a guy that had over 2,000 in Beijing. And, you know, where they're drafted, raw talent aside, like I just thought you could see in this game, and I realize it's a preseason game, but... Bajent looks so calm at the line of scrimmage, making the motions. And this is not an easy offense to pick up in just a few months. Um, And I'm sure they pared it down for him and made it easy. But to me, that experience, that college experience stood out in the game, even if it's just a preseason game. And uh, as you're evaluating these quarterbacks, how much are you starting to, uh, I mean, put more emphasis on just the amount of reps these guys get in college? Yeah, Bajan started 53 games, uh, and they won 43 of those games. So, you know, he was a guy that uh, won a lot of football games, played a lot of football. Nobody in the history of college football, you think of all the quarterbacks uh, that have come through college football, nobody has more touchdown passes. Uh, it doesn't matter the level, Division One, Division Two, Division Three. Nobody has more touchdown passes than Tyson Bajan with 159, and he did it in four years. This isn't like, oh, he got an extra COVID year or a fifth year. Uh, he, he did spend five years at Shepard, but his all of his touchdowns came in four seasons. So this is a guy that consistently productive. Uh, he got better and better as he went on, uh, as his college career went on. And you saw things maybe slow down for him a little bit. And But that was the big question. Obviously, going against D2 defenses to NFL defenses is a huge jump. And so uh, what the speed of the game, would he be able to, you know, catch up to that and process everything the way he needs to? Uh, this is a guy that looks the part, you know, he's over six, three, he's 215 pounds. Uh, he's not Anthony Richardson in terms of the mobility, but he's an athletic kid. Uh, he was one of only two quarterbacks at this year's combine under seven seconds in the three cone. So this is a guy that is not a statue back there. Uh, and he's got a whip of an arm. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to test those small windows. Uh, you know, he's he operated in kind of a it was a, it was a spread offense in college, but uh, a lot of five step drops, uh, a lot of RPOs where he's having to make these quick decisions, get the ball up and gone. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that is it going to take a little bit of time? Yes. And understandably so coming from the Division two level. But to your point, playing so much football, uh, th- there's a lot that he knows how to do. And so I think not really a surprise that he was so comfortable at the senior bowl when going up against the best uh, of the best of, of the senior class. And then here in the preseason where he's a smart guy, he's a confident guy. Uh, and I tell you what, if you've ever talked to his dad, you understand where that confidence <laughs> comes from. Uh, Travis Bajan, I, I did a story on, on Tyson back in December, uh, just talking about his background and his, and his dad. And 
his dad ended up being a much bigger part of the story than I realized just because he was so fascinating. Um, I ended up talking with his dad more than I did Tyson. Uh, you know, his, his dad is a world champion arm wrestler, 28 world championships, 17 left-handed, 11 right-handed. Uh, you know, he, he knew for early on he wanted Tyson to be a quarterback. So he made sure he coached his little league football team and just to make sure he could put him at quarterback. Um, and so, you know, he's Travis. If you ever talk to Travis, you know, he's part showman, part uh, competitor. And so Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. That's where Tyson gets it from. Uh, yeah, that family dynamic and that, that those competitive genes. He's kind of been groomed for this moment. So well, we'll see how far he can take it. You might say his dad is over the top. There you go. You get I, that I joke? Like the reference there. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, Bill Parcells um, used to have like these rules for like drafting a quarterback, and like I, I haven't gone through every single one of them in Beijing, but just because he played so much, I would safely assume he meets like a lot of them. Where like an Anthony Richardson does not, where a Trey Lance did not. And I'm just curious, like. What you make of that? I know scouting has changed over the years. Quarterbacks aren't staying as long as they used to. We had the COVID year, so things have been different. But just in terms of like finding that quarterback with experience and taking swings on them, I'm I'm just curious. Like, where do you think the Bill Parcells rules of quarterback drafting fit into in today's you know modern scouting? Yeah, no, it's it's something that would be interesting to hear coach Parcells talk about uh, because the NFL is so different now than it was 20 years ago. Um, a lot of these guys coming out are in school for two years, two and a half years. Uh, you know, CJ Stroud was a redshirt sophomore. Uh, you know, Bryce Young was a two year starter uh, as a junior coming out of Alabama. And then, you know, you mentioned Anthony Richardson, how uh, his meager experience as really just a one year starter and, and having, uh, so few pass attempts, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, this is, it's an interesting sample of, you know, and, and, and teams will look at that and that will affect how they uh, look at the quarterback position moving forward. But, you know, in the past, redshirt sophomores, juniors uh, with, uh, you know, one-year starters, the track record isn't great. Now there have certainly been a few that have, you know, and then this is, we heard this a lot with Joe Burrow, you know, being a one-year starter uh, come out of LSU. Now it was, arguably the greatest college football season we've ever seen from a quarterback. But, you know, it's something that, you know, was talked at or talked about uh, a, a ton uh, leading up to that 2020 draft because he didn't have necessarily the number of starts you want to see, the body of work. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, you have to focus on the player. And, you know, yes, you'd love for every single one of these quarterback prospects to have – uh, you know, 35 plus starts. You'd love for them all to play an SEC competition, SEC schedule, so you have a good idea of the defenses they're going up against. Uh, but that's that's what makes the quarterback position so tough to scout because college football and the NFL, they might as well be two just different sports. You know, they both play football, but they're different sports with what they're asked to do. College football, it's not a level playing field from program to program, especially level to level in the case of Tyson Bajan at Division Two. So it does make it a little tricky, and that's why these all-star games are such an important part of the process to uh, just get a better sense for who they are. Is the moment too great for them? How do they adjust to the uptick in speed? Uh, so, you know, so many variables go into all of this. And, and that's why I, I thought it was surprising that Bajent went undrafted because I, I thought he kind of checked the boxes throughout the draft process. Well, especially because 14 quarterbacks ended up getting drafted 
12 in the first five rounds. Like if you told me it was just a year where like, you know, there, there wasn't a run on quarterbacks or, or whatever, but it seemed like everybody on draft weekend was kind of trying to chase their own Brock Purdy situation. And you just would have thought that Tyson Bajan would have been in there. So I guess it worked out for the bears. We're able to sign them as you know, an undrafted free agent, especially after coaching them in the senior bowl. Right. With the, yeah. The and and look, somebody, it was a good quarterback class. It, it, it's not like, uh, you know, the, all these, it, it, Bajit for me personally was my 14th ranked quarterback. So it's not like I thought he was going to be this fourth round pick or anything like that. You know, I, he, he, I gave him a seventh round grade, 14th quarterback uh, behind guys like Dorian Thompson Robinson, who's had a good camp, uh, Aiden O'Connell, Jake Hayner, Clayton Toon, Stetson Bennett. So it was just, it was a really good day three quarterback group. And we saw that play out. And I think something else that, you know, and we're, I think we'll see this in the, this upcoming draft class. Teams are more willing to take swings at quarterback because uh, why not? You know, on day three, the, you know, if you really enjoy, like the guy's intangibles, you you think that, okay, he's got a lot of what we want in our quarterback room. Uh, you know, it, it, it fits. And, and that's what, when, when you're talking about backups, because when you're drafting a quarterback on day three, you're signing an undrafted free agent. I don't think you're realistically thinking, okay, this guy might be the future. He might down the line three years from now, he's going to, he's going to be our starter. You're not really thinking it that way. You're thinking of it. Okay. What is he going to bring to our team uh, this year as a rookie and next year in the quarterback room? Is he going to help our starter get ready? Is he going to help put together the game plan? What does he bring to our quarterback room? That's a big part of which quarterbacks get drafted on day three, more so than, uh, you know, does this guy have a, a, a ceiling as a starter, maybe eventually down the road? If I would have told you maybe before the draft that Tyreek Stevenson would be starting for a team in, in week one, and one reason why is how tenacious he plays with a certain level of edge. What would you say, Dane? I, I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, he was a guy that uh, was an easy day two type of player. Um, you know, you, you like the size, six foot, 200 pounds. Uh, wasn't the most productive. It was one thing I think that I, you know, I know I dinged him for maybe even more so than I should have is he just didn't have a ton of production, a ton of interceptions, um, but physically impressive athlete, the way he looks, the way he moves and the way he carries himself. Uh, this is a guy, you know, he's uh, oldest of five kids, grew up in Miami, you know, grew up uh, kind of uh it, with a tough crowd kind of, you know, pushing everybody uh, on the football field. And that's really shown in his game. Uh, you know, he, he's not afraid to play a little bump and run, play a little press. He's not afraid to get physical down the field. Um, and sometimes a little bit too much. Um, sometimes that aggressiveness works against him with uh, double moves and, you know, getting him to bite on plays. But this is a size speed athlete that you love the aggressiveness. You love uh, the tenacity that he plays with. Uh, I, I, I thought he was best as a press man corner, but he's not only that because he does have the, you know, the range. He does have long speed. He does have short area quickness. Uh, just needs to become a little bit more of a disciplined football player. But I mean, that's what you expect in rookies, right? I mean, you expect a guy that, uh, you know, is going to have a little a few bumps along the way, but if he's aggressive, he's athletic, he's not afraid of the moment. Uh, and you also liked with him that he played some different positions. You know, at Georgia, he was more of a nickel. Uh, he played a little bit of safety, transferred to Miami, and he's more of an outside corner, which I think he is most comfortable at. And so um, I'm not really a surprise to see him kind of 
hit the ground running now that he's in a training camp. Well, don't be too hard on yourself for the evaluation because he has dropped two interceptions the last two weeks, and he had one go right through his hands uh, in the end zone the other day that turned into a touchdown for the Colts. So if there is any weakness we're still seeing to his game, it's that ball production that you were talking about and that needs to come around, especially in this defense. And he's had two personal foul penalties the last two weeks too. So sometimes I think that tenaciousness can uh, work against him a little bit. Um to stay on the corner, you know, early on in training camp, Terrell Smith from Minnesota, they were actually having those guys compete and Mm. Smith got hurt. And so he missed some time. And I think Stevenson kind of pulled away because of that. But I know we were a little surprised to see, uh, you know, this fifth round corner from, from Minnesota get in there a little bit earlier than maybe we thought. Um, what, what what do you remember about evaluating Terrell Smith? And, and it seems like the coaches still like him because the only thing that really held him back here was being banged up a little bit. And he has returned to practice. Yeah. And, and another guy that has size and speed, um, he was a big time track guy coming out of Georgia uh, in high school. Uh, he goes to Minnesota and, and he, he had SEC offers, but he decided to go to Minnesota and he, he, like I said, the size that really stands out, he's got 33 inch arms. He's over six foot, he's 205 pounds. Um, that, that size maybe works against him a little bit. There's a little bit of stiffness there in terms of his transitions and moving with some route runners, but vertical routes, uh, one cut routes, he can stay attached. He can stay in phase and use that length to break up passes. So a uh, little grabby, uh, you know, there are times where I, that, that really maybe puts him behind the eight ball when he starts to get handsy and uses a little, uh, a little more excessive uh, uh, contact down the field. But he's a guy that, you know, you kind of embrace that physicality that he has because you don't want him to reel it back too much because that size, that speed is what makes him so talented. Um, you know, I, I, he's a guy that I, I thought of, you know, mid-round pick, fourth-round pick. Um, I, I, another guy that I wish had maybe a little bit better ball skills. I thought he left some production on the field. But when you look at the traits, size, speed, length, physicality, Another guy that I think he's very similar to uh, Stevenson where uh, you, you like a lot of the traits and now it's up to our coaches to, hey, let's get this guy disciplined. Let's get this guy locked in so he can anticipate better, maybe not use as, as much contact. So, uh, you know, to take a swing on him where they did, I totally understand it. Dane, I know you got to go here quickly, but I want to ask you, well, quickly about Roshan Johnson. He's yeah. pushing now for first team reps with Khalil Herbert. He, he's out there in third down situations. I think his, his pass protection skills have really endeared himself to the offense. Like he's everything you said he could be. And I think that maybe this is what it is like. He's becoming everything the bears said he could be too. So I just want your thoughts on, you know, maybe him breaking out more as a pro than he did in college. I know he's behind a superstar in college, but I'm just thinking maybe he found the right fit here with the Bears, especially early on in his career. Yeah, and, and he was a, a fourth-round pick, right? Yeah. I mean, he, I, I was surprised he lasted as far, as far as he did. I thought for sure he would go in the top 100 just with everything that he has to offer because no matter what, even if he ends up being a backup for his entire career, what he gives you on special teams, what he gives you in the locker room, uh, the fact that he can be in any down back, like if you don't have to put him out. Some backs have to be out there on first down. Some have to be out there on third down. Uh, you, you just you understand their role. He doesn't matter. He could be out there in any situation. And so 
what he brings uh, from an intangible standpoint, from a locker room standpoint, that cannot be uh, you know overstated. Uh, I mean, it, it is something that is a real. It's something we'll keep him on an NFL roster for a long time, regardless. So the fact that he's even getting some run with the ones is awesome to hear because. Uh, Behind Bijan Robinson all those years, being a quarterback out of high school, uh, you know, I don't know that we have really seen the best of Roshan Johnson yet as a running back. He has, uh, you know, the ability to make guys miss, but he also has that power where he can break, break, uh, break tackles. Uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Like you said, the pass protection, that's a big part of that. So there's so much value that he brings to the offense and to that running back room that I, I'm still a little surprised he fell as far as he did in the draft. Last one I have for you, Dane, is week zero in the college football season. We don't usually talk to you around this time of year. What, what does week zero look like for you as you jump into a, a whole new draft class? And I'm sure you've already been working on it for months. Yeah, well, I'm excited. My top 50 uh, comes out this uh, this week, this Thursday. Uh, so two days. It's That's a starting point. You know, that that's where... Uh, we, we have to have a starting point as we go into the season. Things will change. We'll have obviously new tape to watch on these guys. Uh, but this this is the starting point. Week zero doesn't have a ton of big games, but week one is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Labor Day weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, just the whole uh, weekend of college football. Uh, so we, there's a lot coming up here. Uh, but hopefully people check out the top 50. I, I've done position-by-position uh, position previews all through the summer. Check those out as well on The Athletic. But the top 50, that, that, I spent a lot of time on that uh, just because that's that's the starting point. You know, when we look back and say, uh, you know, Gervon Dexter, where did he start the season uh, last year? Oh, he was, you know, uh, number 40 or wherever he started in, in last year's August top 50. And then to see, okay, well, this in, throughout the season, he was here and then finished uh, on draft weekend. This is where he was here. So, you know, it's just interesting to see that trajectory, the journey these guys take. So uh, people check out that uh, top 50 this week. I was also very happy when p- prospects to the pros popped up in my uh, podcast feed on the athletic football show. And you were paired with our guy on this show, Nate Tice for, uh, for that podcast. And that is an outstanding way just to keep, keep up throughout the college football season on what's going on with the NFL draft. No better place to get draft coverage than the athletic Dane. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. Uh, anytime. Thanks guys. All right, Thanks, there he Dane. is, Dane Brugler. At DP Brugler, you must be following him. Just uh, someone commented during the inter- interview, an encyclopedia of football knowledge. Uh, no question. It's always impressive. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam 
to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. A question for you, Mr. Hogue. Yes. Are we guilty of talking up another young quarterback as we seem to do every now and then as Bears media and Bears... It's two people who follow the Bears for a long time. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a fair question. But I also think what happens here is like... He's been good, though. Right. And and, and I... In my encyclopedia of quarterbacks has grown. But but people hear like this analysis and stuff, and then they just immediately get hyperbolic. Like, like we're trying to like claim he should be challenging Justin Fields for the starting job. Like, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something that we have talked about on this show for years. And that is keep a young developmental quarterback on your roster. And they seemingly have done that for once. They didn't use a draft pick on him, which we always talk about every year and say, you know, use a draft pick on it. And, and so it's a better case. They didn't have to use a draft pick. They signed the guy that gets, he got to know at the senior bowl. And this isn't just some good game. He had, he has been probably, and this is not a knock at Justin Fields, so don't confuse it. He's probably been the most consistent quarterback we've seen in training camp. Consistent, not best, consistent. And he's consistently improved each week. And like when you hear polls on this podcast last week talk about just rookies hitting these checkpoints, right? Well, he's done that too. And so no one's talking about this guy even, quite frankly, and I don't even have that high expectation for Brock Purdy this year, but like that would be best case scenario. And hopefully you don't see him play because Justin plays the whole season. But the, the reality is the, the number two quarterback on this roster has been about as bad as a backup quarterback can be this time of year. And this young kid that they signed has already beat out Nathan Peterman on the depth chart and seemingly is coming for a number two and deserves it. That's all yeah. anyone here is saying. Yeah, Flus didn't really close the door on that type of scenario, that this is an open competition between him and P.J. Walker. Now, P.J. Walker was guaranteed $2 million. Not a lot in a football contract sense, but still $2 million guaranteed. Um, we can't overlook Lugetti's role in this. Because I imagine Bajan had a bunch of opportunities to go elsewhere. Especially an undrafted free agency, which, well, to use Ryan Pace's old description, could be like the wild, wild west. Because there's all sorts of signing bonuses being thrown out there. You're using relationships you have with these players through your scouts to get deals done. And they had the offensive coordinator have this connection with Bajan. So that's from the Senior Bowl. Obviously, they like each other. That carried over. We'll see. He's been good. You're right. He has been consistent. I I, t I touched a lot on this uh, on our CSGO show yesterday, so I won't go into too much detail. But just and I, and I brought it up to Dane too. Just the thing that impressed me more than anything else when you go back and watch the actual tape that I didn't necessarily even appreciate live during the game was just you see him at the line of scrimmage making checks, talking after the game about how there's two plays built into every play. And he seemingly is reading the defense, making the correct checks, using motion to help him read the defense pre-snap. 
And then post-snap, at least in this game, making the right reads and decisions quickly, by the way, and just like a calmness and a poise. Even when they ran a bootleg and they blitzed that boot, boot from the back end, I mean, that could cause a rookie to lose his mind in the moment. And he just calmly drifted great footwork through a dart on the run. He Again. looks experienced. That's the word. He looks like a guy who has thrown 2,000 yes, passes in yes. college. And that's one reason I brought up the the Bill Parcells thing, because I, I know it's overlooked. I know scouting has changed. But sometimes you just see the experience come through. Like with Brock Purdy, he fit a lot of those Bill Parcells rules too. Multi-year starter in college, bigger program than, than Beijing. But like sometimes that experience just shows through. And for... For guys who have covered the Mitch Trubisky experience and even the Justin Fields experience, you can see the experience show through these guys or lack thereof at times, even when they go from year one to year two in their own development with with certain coaches. All right. Um, one last thing on this, and then I want to actually switch to the quarterback that, you know, the starter matters <laughs> a lot more. But um, the idea of keeping three quarterbacks. Because as as much as I I think it's actually smart to open the door a little bit here to the idea that Beijing can push Walker, part of me thinks that 60% of that idea is to push Walker. Like, hello, man, get your shit together. <laughs> it's, you, you gotta play. You, well, then then you that, that's why you open up competition, right? Because you're motivating both guys. Not that Beijing seemingly needs it, but he's going to keep pushing. Um, But Okay, can they? Let's just address the question: Can they keep three quarterbacks? On yes, the if they want man to. Run? Yes, absolutely, you can. And let's think about these concussion rules these days and how easy it is to pull quarterbacks from games. Now, let's also think about the th- the emergency quarterback rule that they put ba- put back in this year. You're allowed to have a quarterback inactive on game day, but still dress. And if you need it, if both one and two get hurt, that third quarterback is allowed to play in the game. And to me, the reason why that's important is, look, we make such a big fuss about the 53-man roster, and it does matter. But when all the students, you zoom out in week seven, Johns, and there's three guys that have been inactive in every game that are basically just burning a roster spot, and it ends up not being that big of a deal. Well, <laughs> like it changes within five days after like, yes, the first wave of waivers, you know, that's, that's just how it is. Um, I feel like quarterbacks need to be viewed differently in terms of waivers. Don't they? It's not like waving, like your fourth safety. You're waving a young quarterback in a quarterback starved league who is impressed and the buzz is out there. Like, what do you do? It's not, I don't think it's an easy decision. In most cases, I think players clear waivers. Like 90% of the time, the player you're worried about, he's going to clear waivers. But I don't think we ever had this discussion where we're talking about a young quarterback who was seemingly pulled early in a preseason game because he was good. Like, we've never had this conversation on this podcast because we haven't had the situation come up. I'm not sure we've had it come up with a starter. <laughs> um, on the flip side, though, Johns, if you're going to claim a quarterback off of waivers, it's a little different than claiming a linebacker. Like, 
that quarterback's starting over. I get it, but but if brand a team, new offense. But if a team is up for keeping three quarterbacks on their roster, and I think some teams are, like this is the conversation you got to bring in your pro scouts with because that's the information you need. Hey, which teams could potentially keep three quarterbacks on the roster? And and these are real things that are discussed in these these cut meetings. Like, you lay th- out your competition out there. I-, I could think of a few teams that, if I were them, I would 100% claim Tyson Bajant. I don't care if he's the last guy on the 53. I'm, I'm, I, I don't have a good quarterback situation, and I want a young developmental guy. So how about Tampa right now? Yeah. Tampa, their quarterback situation is like, how about, how about the Cardinals? Who are just they know they're going to be bad this year. They have doubts about Kyler Murray, um, who's coming off an injury. How about this one that no one wants to hear? The Green Bay Packers, because they're sorry. I'm just real quick. Their depth isn't great behind Jordan Love, and oh by the way, similar system. That's what I was going to mention. (laughs) This system you're talking about. I mean, did you listen to the play callers, the podcast from, from the Athletic? This system, oh yes, yes, that Luke Getzius is, is is has installed, or at least the base principles of it. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's literally everywhere. You think Kyle Shanahan looked at the tape from Saturday? Probably. With his experience with Brock Purdy last yes, year too, yes, like. Yes. I, I don't mean to be, get carried away with this with with this conversation here, but. Quarterbacks are viewed differently. Evaluations are different. I've said it a million times on this podcast. There's the draft and there's a quarterback draft, right? And it's a QB-driven league. And a lot of teams need young ones, right? Young ones. And even if he doesn't become a full-time starter, maybe he's Brock Pretty for two or three seasons. You know what I'm talking about? Like, in this system, these are like system concerns. I don't see it as a concern at all. You know why? Because that system is everywhere. Everywhere from Minnesota to Green Bay to Miami to San Francisco. I mean, it goes on and on to Cincinnati. It's everywhere. I'm forgetting a lot of cities, too. Yeah, it. I just I it's funny that we're having this conversation off the heels of the conversation we had. With New Paul. York Jets. Yeah, with the, because we we had we talked to polls about this last week and the idea that most guys clear waivers, but then there's always some you don't. You have to project it. And that's all we're doing here. And I just feel like this is a situation where I don't think Bajant would. But um, look, there's one more preseason game. And quite frankly, as fun as this Tyson Bajant story was over the weekend when Justin Fields and the starters didn't play, I think we, and I wrote about this in my newsletter this morning, let's not lose sight of what's what's important this week. So, they're simulating a game week as much as they can at House Hall. They're going to have meetings where they actually do some game planning against the Bills. They'll have scout team in practice. They're they're setting up their daily schedule so that's more similar to what they'll have in week one. Meeting schedules, things like that. I think most feel like Justin Fields still needs to play. I know I feel that way. I get the sense based on what Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles have hinted that the starters will play. And oh, by the way, if he's really got a new center all of a sudden, I would think that they need to play even more so because Lucas Patrick was supposed to be Justin Fields center last year. 
but because of injuries, only got 10 total snaps at the position with Justin Fields. And he's been working with Cody Whitehair all offseason and all of training camp. The counterpoint with that is, oh boy, like that offensive line is in flux. <laughs> yes. And you need to protect Justin Fields. So I think more than anyone, Luke Getze needs to protect Justin Fields with his play calls. Like, I, I'm with you. He needs to play some. How much? I don't know. I'm still kind of old school, like like Andy Reid. I see value in that. But then you try modern thinking, and you don't want to risk injury too much because what's the the real value in it? It's There's got to be a happy medium here, but... Like, if I'm the Bears and laying out my plan for the preseason, I'm looking at an offensive line, and I'm, like, rating my confidence in this. I would, If I'm Matt Eberflus, I'm asking everybody on the office of staff, like, what's your confidence in the offensive line this week in holding up protecting Justin Fields? In two or three weeks, it could be better. They have time to get better together. But in this condensed period this week, how good can we be and how many reps should Justin Fields be behind them against the Buffalo Bills? Like those are things you have to measure and weigh and argue about. Great question from cloudy future here in the comments and something I thought about last night. And I don't know the answer to it, but I think it's a completely fair question, but I was surprised with the reports that came out of house yesterday that Cody Whitehair was back to left guard. Um, and we saw him leave practice last week with a hand injury. I, it's probably a bit of both. I, yeah. I know exactly what they're going to say. Like, we're looking for our best five. You know, from texting with the fish man, Kevin Fishbane, yesterday, they seem, they seem to play with different different guys in different places. Yeah. Trying not to give away what I can. I don't know. Guys are playing in different spots. So they tried a different, you know, some, some different assembly lines there. Put it that way. Okay. Well... Be interesting to watch. Um, I guess if they want to keep that hidden, they can just not play them Saturday. But I just get back to the idea. But some of these guys need game action, like also the, like the Darnell Wright needs does. To play. Yes, Braxton Jones need it. Yeah, I know everybody's excited about Justin. I am too. He has not arrived yet from a passing standpoint. He's had seven snaps in the preseason. All three passes went behind the line of scrimmage. That. There's a reason Andy Reid is playing Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. It, it, it just, I don't. Well, the practice games, you want to get them ready. Yeah. But Lugetti could practice protecting Justin Fields with his play calls then, too. Get that ball out, you know, run more screens if you have to. They're going to be part of your package. I imagine you've practiced them a bunch. You know, get that run game going, just protect your quarterback. All right, on the offensive line, uh, one to ten, your level of concern right now. Ten being great. Yeah. Um, about a seven and a half, eight. Yeah. How? I guess it wouldn't be August without offensive line concerns. But I was thinking about this last night. You look at across the roster. I mean, the only other position I might be more worried about right now than offensive line is punt returner. 
but at least they have a guy there that can catch the ball. He can't turn off your special teams mode just for a second. <laughs> okay, how many games did they lose because of muff punts last year? Who at cares? least I two. I got the first pick out of that. Fine, uh, but they're not going for that this year. They still need somebody to to have that job this year, so they don't lose it in the fourth fine. quarter. It's fine, Dante Pettis. That's you're you're back on the roster, buddy. Great, catch the ball, get your four yards. That the I, the the point is, it's they. You could be critical of Ryan Poles, I think, here. The one move they made was sign Nate Davis. And then draft Darnell Wright, of course. Yeah, but, but like I I think the depth is actually like at, at this point when your starters are, are, are hurt, like everybody gets, oh, our depth's awful. I wish they would have done more. But they have done a bit. Like Alex Leatherwood is a former first round pick. Yeah. He hasn't panned out. But he has that type of potential. I don't think he's ever going to reach that potential. I'm Maybe more excited he's... about Jatari Carter. I get it. Yeah. Late round draft pick. Doug Kramer. Late round draft pick. Lucas Patrick. For as much as he gets heat out there, that is a very experienced backup who can handle three different spots in your offensive line. So if we're talking about those four players as your reserves, a couple draft picks, a veteran who's experienced in the system and a former first round pick with potential. Now, wherever that potential is, I don't know. That that's not that bad of depth, in my opinion. They're not your starters, but that's not bad depth. I agree with that. I agree with that. I just it's a little uneasy that for a coaching staff that's constantly talking about, you know, the best five. And at one point we were talking about how great is is how great is it that you have your five going into training camp, and then they really haven't had their five. I guess my question is like, who else would you have spent more money on? Another veteran minimum guy? They claim the guy off waivers, Lucas Logan, Logan Sternberg. Like Lucas Logan Sternberg. You know what I'm talking about? The guy from the Lions. I don't know, Logan. Stenberg, right? I just, yeah. yes, Logan Stenberg. Guard 6'6, 312. Fourth Same year out of Waivers from the Lions. Yeah, starting yeah, he's out of Kentucky. We haven't really seen him though much. I don't know. You're right. talking about backups for backups now. You know, like it's everybody wants to improve their depth, but how much money are you really, you know? spending on it and and my answer my question to all that is like who who do you want i think that's a fair question i just regardless of what they did or what depth they do have it they've had to certainly lean into it a lot yeah i would say if you're gonna like the the strongest criticism of it is that you have two guards like your two projected guards and tevin jenkins and nate davis are two guys who have durability concerns. Nate Davis talked to people with the Titans, Tennessee, people who are close to that team, cover that team. He had injury problems last year. We all know Tevin Jenkins' situation. So maybe the Bears did recognize that and they felt good about their death. But like, if that's one major criticism I have is that your two projected starting right starting guards have major durability problems. Yeah. Well, Hopefully they have more depth than maybe we uh, thought or, you know, I think Carter's earned it, earned some respect here, which is encouraging. I think Alex Leatherwood still has a little bit of ways to go, but it's still, you know, there's some pedigree there 
and hope it comes comes through. Uh, any other thoughts that we should hit on? Of course, we'll be back later in the week to to talk about this game. Uh, can we like see like the starting defense together at one point? I know Eddie Jackson just got hurt, but like, are you getting concerned about Jaquan Brisker, Jermaine Edmonds yet? Um, Demarcus Walker didn't practice yesterday. I know it was a walkthrough, but my well, and what's going on with Yannick Ngakwe? Why didn't he practice? Veteran day. He didn't play over the weekend. That one stood out to me too. I mean, I get it. Like, I I understand him not playing, but he didn't even do much in Indy last week. So I don't concerned. Not necessarily because I think most of these guys fall in the category of you know what they are. They don't need to play in the preseason, but they sure as hell had a lot of guys out for a lot of practices. Yeah, it's been a long time since Brisker has played. That's the one I point to because Brisker is the one that has not arrived and has a concussion history. And we don't oh, know. You think it's a concussion? I don't. Okay. I don't. They're not telling us, so I don't know. But anytime a guy with a concussion history misses this much time and they're not telling us what it is, I don't like that. I mean, I'd feel better if they just came out and said, hey, it's a hamstring. You know, yeah. well, whatever. Yeah, now, it is. now he's not like in some dark room because he's out there at every single practice talking trash to the offense. Yes. <laughs> we saw that in Indianapolis to um, a lot of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that this is the Bears philosophy, at least right now in dealing the, with injuries. The flu-sophy. flu sophy I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, you got to work on that one a little bit. And even you, once you nail it down, it's pretty fun to say the flu sophy yeah, I'll try later. I'll practice in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, fun episode. Love having Dane on as always. And uh, make sure you check out his story feature on Tyson Bajan from uh, last December. And we'll be back Thursday. We're I think we're working on a, another special guest for Thursday. Thursday yeah. show. So uh, stay tuned for that. Of course, we'll. So last opportunity in the last week with cutdowns. Cutdowns are a week from today as we record this on Tuesday yeah. morning. I think we'll call these live Tuesdays. These might become a staple for Hogan Johns, by the way. Live Tuesdays. Live Tuesdays. Okay. Tuesday mornings with Hogan Johns. Coffee with the Adams. Coffee. Ooh, we got to work on that. Yeah. Coffee drinking football, guys. Coffee. <laughs> We need a new shirt. New shirt. I still, I still like beer drinking football guys, but coffee drinking. It's too guys. early. It's too early, although it's five o'clock somewhere, as they say. You go straight coffee or because I, I usually drink espresso. No, I need food first because I'm drinking. If I'm drinking straight coffee, I'm going straight to the bathroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> too much information. I'm sorry. I asked. Come on. I Everybody go. knows I, what I'm talking about. The Nespresso pods are the way to go. With just this little splash of water in there is what I do. Start the day off right. Quick and easy. You got to go. Can't be sitting there sipping your coffee for an hour. Maybe that's why you're always late to the show. Making coffee. Well, today Actually, was the kids. kids today you're on time. Cool. Exactly on time. It was impressive. 
It's a good start to the week. All right. We're out of here. Thank you for everyone uh, being here live. We appreciate you. Uh, of course, you can always find the show anytime on our YouTube channel, Hogan Johns on YouTube. And, um, of course, as a podcast, as we've been here for nine years, listening the old-fashioned way, we appreciate you. Uh, saw so many of you guys out in Indy. Oh, one last thing. Uh, Friday, you're playing golf in the CHGO kickoff classic. And our friends from Avi Shirts, Joe and Devin, are joining us. And uh, apparently, and I'm announcing this here, they want to make a run at the title. I'd have never actually played in one of these events, like actually trying to win it. And uh, I did warn them that, you know, we'll help a little, but... Is it a best ball scramble? Yes. Oh. We're good. We're good. You just got to contribute at least once every two holes. Well, I got the... Yeah, but you can't ever bogey. You bogey once, you're dead. And But I get the sense that that maybe they're good at golf. I don't know. I've never played golf with them. It's the first time. I, I You know what? I'm not awful. I'm not great. I could give you some good holes. Right. But I have too many children, and this is the first time I've been out all summer. <laughs> oh, boy. That's not surprising. I don't, yeah, I can't imagine you having time to golf. I, I, I brought my clubs down to Indianapolis, and I was very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you dodged I got bullet. bumped. You dodged. You didn't get bumped. You were always fifth. <laughs> We weren't going to bump our CHO producer, Lawrence, who's awesome. And he was out there. And thank God he was there because I needed him just for my own sanity. You didn't miss a thing. Trust me. You did not want to be out. I should have gone out there with you. Lawrence and I should have formed a different foursome with you. And I had another friend who lives in Carmel that wanted to play with us. That should have been our foursome. And we should have left Carmen Braggs nine holes away doing whatever they wanted to do by themselves because it was obnoxious. We need to have someone keep an eye on Bragg. So there's no way that he broke 100. Like, legitimately no. broke 100. Oh, Multiple yeah. Multiple breakfast balls. I'm sure there's mulligans, even though he didn't pay for them for having that type of deals. Oh, you're talking about this coming Friday. Yes. Yeah, well, and he has his own Northwest Indiana foursome. Yeah. So, yeah, we might have to, like, fly a drone over that foursome or something just to <laughs> spy on them because... Yeah. Make sure they're keeping it honest. Because he's claiming he breaks 100, but so far, you know, I just saw 109. Yeah. And it was a generous 109. <laughs> and there was some math in there that where we that we had to check just to get to get to 109. All right. Um fun show. Um pre- again, appreciate Dane jumping on. We'll be back Thursday. And uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, reading Johns in The Athletic. You can find me, CHGO, Die Hard Newsletter, out in the morning for you. Came out today. Can't promise it's still going to be every day now that we're out of training camp, but we're still going to a lot more frequent than last year, uh, which is good. And um, make sure you check out Obvious Shirts. Speaking of that, got the polo on right now. Johns is one of the new T-shirts, and um, I'm sure we'll be rocking these Friday at that golf outing. See you Thursday. See ya. Just